Hi guys, are you ready to fucking go there? I sure hope so because you're listening to Let's Fucking Go There, a place for raw, unfiltered, real conversation around sexuality, spirituality, shame, and this episode, a little bit of style. With our guest, Christina from Styled by Christina, we will be diving into the depth of her pain, her purpose, her passion, and more. right, Christina, I'm so excited to have you as a guest today. Um, Yeah, so I felt really called to have you in this space, not just because, you know, you're amazing and a really good friend of mine, but because but the work that you do is so important. Um, And also like the way you carry yourself as a woman and, you know, you're just such a force to connect with. So I just wanted my community to be able to hear some of the medicine that you have to share. So let's just start off with who are you? And like, just tell us a little bit about you. Um, Well, first, before I dive into that, I just want to say that you're a really big part of that. That's been, there's been a huge transformation this year and you're a very big part of that. So I just want everybody to know (laughs) that it wouldn't be possible without the help of you. So thank you. Um, I am, my name is Christina. I am a personal stylist, image consultant, creative director here in Pittsburgh and beyond. I work in many other cities. Um, I am originally from Ohio. I moved to Pittsburgh when I was 10 and um, I've been here ever since and I've made it my home and I love it here. Mm. Um, So if I were to ask you who you were without telling me your profession, who would you be? Who would I be? Right? Oh my God. I know so many of us identify with like what we do. I like oh, okay no I I like I'm sorry I misunderstood like when you first said it no I like, no I was asking both I'm just okay. curious to how this will so, go too who would I be I actually okay so when I worked with Emily she said um confidence healer mm. and I really resonated with that that was the first time I was like that's exactly what I do so like I'm a confidence healer I freaking love that and you're are you are you still in school um, I am still in school. So I'm so going to school for psychology. Um, I'm going so I can help improve my business. Um, Cause I found really in the past five years, I noticed that I was diving into people's traumas and people's like, you know, in their closet, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, I, I need to like get certified so I can like actually like dive in further and understand what I'm diving into and help bring it forward and heal it instead of like making more of a problem for some people. So, um, yeah, but that's what I'm doing that for. I freaking respect that and value that so much, um, because the work that you're doing is at a soul level and we'll get into like the metaphor in my mind behind the closet yeah. um, because there's so much I like, behind deeply rooted for me and even to this day if you come into my house and open a closet it's full of shit <laughs> like I don't want anyone else to see we put it in there to get it out of the way yeah you know? exactly. um so we'll dive into some of the stuff we have in our own closets today right. as well so okay. I'm curious what made you want to do this work that you do um so it started I was in a really deep depression, um, and anxiety ridden. I had one of the worst years of my life when I was 20 years old. Um, I had an abortion and six months, like I'm going to actually cry thinking about it. Um, six months later, I was in a really bad car accident and, um, it just felt like everything was tumbling, like everything. And, um, a guy broke up with me also after my car accident, like three days after I was in this accident. So I had so much hurt and so much guilt and so much shame. And all I was doing was dressing in oversized clothes in dark colors. I didn't want to be seen. There were some days I wasn't taking a shower. Um, it was the worst year of my life. Like I, I pray I don't have as bad of a year ever. Um, and I talked to my mom on the phone and she said, you know, maybe if you start dressing how you want to feel, maybe you'll trick yourself into feeling like she was just so desperate. She didn't know what to do to get me out of this. And I didn't know what to do to get me out of this. 
And so it was actually my mom who was just like, dress how you want to feel. And I was like, what a concept. Shut up. That sounds stupid. And one day I just, I looked in my closet and I had this really bubbly pink, which I know you can't imagine me in pink. I know. Um, I need a picture of this. Okay. I'll find it one of these days. <laughs> um, it was a bubblegum pink um, sweater and I put it on and I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, like I don't look so sad anymore and I don't look so lost anymore. And I was like, okay, okay. So I, I held on to that feeling and I started dressing a little bit more, you know, still maybe darker colors, but not so baggy and everything. And at that time, I'm 33 years old. So this was 13 years ago. Rachel Zoe, who is a uh, celebrity stylist, had her own TV show on Bravo. And I binged this show. Like I, everything about her, like I wanted it. I was like, I want to dress people and I want them to have that feeling where they like turn around and they're in the mirror and they're like, Oh my God, like I feel so seen and beautiful. And you know, like just, there was just so much of that, that I was like, I want, and, and I know what that feels like on the other end to feel seen. And I want to give that to people. And I've always been a healer and a cheerleader and just a person that always, you know, is there for my friends and my family. And I was like, I can do something with this. Now, the problem was though, at the time in Pittsburgh, it's like, how do you translate such a glamorous thing into something for Pittsburgh or everyday people? So that's where that journey began when I was 20, 21 years old. Oh my gosh. I love that. I know I've heard pieces of that story from being your friend, but to hear it like all together, come out of you, like I can feel it in my heart space and my solar plexus. And I was like, whoop. Um, and thank you for sharing that vulnerability with us, especially right. now, like at a time where women's rights are like getting ripped away from them. Yeah. I think it's really important to share those things. I don't, you know, we've come such a long way to eliminate the shame from our bodies yeah. and to go backwards is yeah. Yeah. So, of course, I, anybody out there, if you ever, you know, need to talk to somebody about your own experience, I'm always happy to listen, please. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, this kind of touched on the next question I had, but I feel like you answered it because I personally witness and see all the time with my clients that most of our purpose stems from some sort of freaking pain that we've experienced. And if you're listening to this podcast and obviously you're interested in the woo side of things (laughs) or else, you you know, you've stumbled across it for another reason, but on a soul level, you know, not all of us have the opportunity to, you know, live that purpose in a way that is like a financial security for us. But those of us that get to, it's such a beautiful thing to do. You know, you're doing what your soul's work and that's no joke. Um, And like, I see you touching so many, even of my friends' lives. um, And like, it's just beautiful. I had a client the other day um, who was like, I listened to Christina and Emily's podcast and it hit me right in my feels. And I was like, listen to that. That means you're meant to work with Christina and da, 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 da. And like, it's just a ripple effect. You know, you never know who you're meant to impact. And like, yeah, it's freaking very, I take that so seriously after working with you and Katie, I really like, I, my, my attitude towards my work has definitely shifted as healing it, seeing it as healing people, which is something I didn't really, it didn't really see before last year. And now understanding that a little bit better, it helps me with my work. So again, that's how you've helped me. I I didn't, I never really saw that because it's such a, it's such a vanity um, that's my next question like yeah, the stigma yeah. connected to yeah. this like yeah. what is that like I honestly feel and I probably like this goes into the sister wound too yeah. you know beautiful yeah. women in fashion and you know that industry we're programmed to think they're stuck up they are surface level they are vain you yeah. know and yeah. how much of that have you had to shed throughout your journey journey and like get um, to this level of where you're at you know, fashion is about being seen and there are people that when they see people, they get uncomfortable. So that is where they're trying to shut down those that are free to express themselves in what they wear. Um, You know, that that's the everyday person that's actually more stuck up than the person that's more in touch with their personal style, in my humble opinion. Um, 
my style has given me so much freedom to heal from my own traumas. And I, I know that it's come from a space from my gut and it wasn't, you know, it's, it's ever it's everywhere. And for people to be like, you know, oh, it's only about how you look. Yeah, it is. But like, if you're actually doing the work on how you look, then you realize that it's more than just surface. It's everything you're trying to bring out to show people mm-hmm. to, to express for yourself. So you feel more connected to yourself as a human. Like it's just, a, it's just, it's just so much more beyond surface. And it's so, sometimes it's really hard for me to find the words because it's a feeling for me. It's oh, I feel the feeling here. Yeah. It. Like I can't, like I'm like, I'm charged on so many levels from it. And people want a piece of that. No matter how much you think you don't care about your wardrobe, everybody wants a piece of that feeling, of feeling like you are making an impact on somebody just by how you look. Having somebody just look at you for two extra seconds because they're impressed with your style. I mean, that's saying like, they want to feel you like on some energetic level. That's a yeah. charge. And, you know, people that are like, oh, I don't really care how I look. No, there's just something else going on that you don't want other people to see. Yeah. And I um, desire being desired, being seen like that's a core value, like that's a core need for society, especially for those of us that are fire signs too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to be seen. Um, we need to be desired. Um, like you need to hear me. And, like the thing me. is we're programmed from children yeah. to think that that is a negative thing. Like how many times have, well, at least for me personally, I've heard my parents say so many times, like, stop seeking attention. You're doing that for attention. Okay. Even if I, it's because I wasn't getting seen in the way that I tried. So I would do other things to be seen and like suppression of that can manifest into some really unhealthy unaligned behaviors for me. So like, that's where that communication, that throat chakra, that peace comes in being like, okay, I admit and again, into the woo shadow work, accepting that I like that recognition um, Mm -hmm. and like finding it in ways. Like I caught myself, you know, a few weeks ago, I was in like a lower state, like a lower vibrational state. I mean, you know, so there, there was a reason for it. Yeah. But I caught myself like seeking outside validation to make me feel better. And then I started shaming myself for it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing? Shaming myself. Okay. So what, if that's what I'm seeking right now, I know that there are times when I can feel that myself, but it's okay to have help every once in a while to feel that. Um, you know, but where it can go really wrong for me is like relying on everyone else to fill my, fill that energy and not. So there's a balance there and I'm not a good balance person. I'm figuring it out, you know, moment by moment. Um, but yeah, we've we've talked about this very private. I mean, privately I've come to you and you're like, okay, what is it that you really want? And it's like, okay, this is what I really like you, you know, it, and yes, in my business. And when I get dressed and what it's like, well, what am I seeking today? And I really had to be like, is this a me thing? Or is this a, I need it from other people thing. And if it's, I need it from other people, then where else can I get it? Yeah. And so I'm just going back to sorts, which is close friends, family. Yeah. yeah. What am I not feeling? And then it's like, oh, you know, sending you a selfie and you're like, you yeah. look stunning. Hype you up. We do that. <laughs> you know, like the hype like that. I'm like, oh, that's all I needed. Like, I just needed one of my close friends to just say like, yeah, like, you know, and that's sometimes as simple as that. So, but you know, I don't, now I, I realize I do only get dressed for myself. I don't, I don't take into it. It's very freeing to know when I'm looking at my closet, I am not thinking about who I'm going to see that day or what I'm going to encounter because I don't care. It's literally, I'm like, what do I want to feel today? Who do I want to be today? And that's how I get dressed in the morning. How long did it take you to get to that point? Oh my God. I I think it's only started in the past two to three years. I'm celebrating that. That's freaking amazing. Congratulations. Come with some age and some wisdom and some experience and having to get through some things before I can really understand and value myself and what I do because for so long I was told by people I would never make money doing what I'm doing that I would never have a career doing this that this is a ridiculous choice and I'm not just from parents from like friends I had one friend recently admit to me she never thought that I would have a career in this and I was uh. like Okay. But you know, it was like, it was a very cleanse. Like, she's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, yeah. I never thought yeah. you would, but I'm so proud of you that you've done this. And I'm just like, thank you. So 
you know, um, I had to get through all the noise from people and then be like, ha ha, no, I am doing this. And I'm seeing past my own bullshit now. And like, we're good. I got this. You know, the funny thing is I know you on a soul level. So I feel like that's more fuel to motivate you when people tell you, you can't do something. It's like, fuck you watch me do it you know uh, I'm the same way too Mm -hmm. like if somebody says I can't do something I'm like watch watch yeah I'll do it even bigger I'll do it bigger than you even thought that I could fuck you but if I'm being real like vulnerable and authentic here there's still like that layer of like man why can't you just accept me and support me you know Mr. Wounds yes yes I do that too like Uh I I do that when there's women that I feel like are just not vibing with me I'm like oh what did I do wrong now yeah why don't you why don't you like me and what I do isn't it so cool what I do oh you don't know why Mm -hmm. What, what did I do also like for people listening, backtracking to like that judgment piece. If somebody is judging like you, when you walk into a room via off your wearing, I am a believer that everybody is a fucking mirror for us. You know, what you see and you're judging in that person is something that's in you or what you see and you're desiring within that person or feeling jealous of like jealousy is such a feeling that there's so much shame around. Yeah. You know, um, and as women, that sister wound too, we're programmed to compete. We're programmed to feel those insecure feelings, um, and compare. Mm -hmm. And like, this goes really deep for me, even to my relationship design with my husband. It's like, you know, we have a pretty open dynamic, like compared to other traditional relationships. And like, I tell him all the time, like a freaking Daisy and a Rose are both beautiful. One does not take away from the other, you know, but just looking at people as a mirror. So when you're triggered by someone taking a step back and be like, what is this unearthing within me? Mm-hmm. And then also on an even deeper level is the fact that we jump to stories so fucking fast in our heads. So we see somebody giving us that resting bitch face it might have nothing to do with us, but instantly we're in our head because of that sister wound and because of our program thinking that that person's thinking about us, that they're judging us, you know? And then we put that wall up and we give the bitch face right back, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, On that note, I'd like to remind people, and I try to tell clients this when they're getting dressed in something they're uncomfortable with, people are narcissistic during your day. You are really only thinking about yourself, your problems, all the little stories you're telling. It's only about you. So when somebody sees you and you get that like little twinge of like, oh, I'm uncomfortable because they're seeing me nine times out of 10, they're not really even giving a shit about you and what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. You need to like, do it for yourself. Doing things people really don't care. I do, now I know I'm not like everybody else, but I, re- I don't remember details. I remember how people make me feel and how scenarios make me feel, but I don't remember every little detail about said scenario or person. And for some people, you know, they're like, oh, everybody's remembering everything. I'm like, I'm just remembering if you were mean to me or not. I, I yeah. don't know what you were wearing. I don't, you know, things like that. So I want to remind people like we're in our own heads all the time. It's you 10, 10 times out of 10. It's not about you. Absolutely. Oh, so that too. There's I'm, you know, human. I, I do that too. Yeah. I do that all the freaking time. And I'll be like, Oh, it's not even about me. I'm not that important. And my ego hates when I say that because <laughs> I'm like, no, I am really important, but no, you are important. Are you talking about yeah, in your own head and your own universe that you've created? Duh. Yes. Yes. Oh, all right. So I want to dive into the closet conversation, diving into like the metaphor of the energy behind a closet, because when you think about a closet, you think obviously of sexual orientation and that keeping you in the closet, but really it's that fear of judgment. You think about that. I call it the broom closet when I'm working with people who are newly on their spiritual path. Um, and like they're breaking free of programmed religion or an upbringing, you know, I'm like, okay, like you don't have to bust out of that closet right away. You got to do the work, you know, in order to softly open that door, unless you're like me and then you just bust the fuck out of it and, you know, give Mm -hmm. no fucks. But I know, um, when you and I first met, I had did a virtual appointment with you Mm -hmm. and, for me, my, it's more than a closet. Like it is, it is what is going on. Like my closet, when it is in shambles, that means like, you know, I'm not balanced. It means like, I'm not in my flow. I just, 
it, you can see a direct reflection of my mental state. Because I'm somebody who struggles with bipolar disorder. And when I'm depressed, you know, I'm not going to clean that. I just close the door and I don't look at it. And then my husband will be like, oh, you must be feeling better. You're pulling everything out and you're organizing it. And then like, interesting. I love that. He knows uh the spark of like, she's good today. Yeah, it is like very, very symbolic for me. And it's been that way my entire life. Mm -hmm. If I look back on my childhood, like and my upbringing, there was so much in the basement and in the closets with the out, like the house, like the part of the house that people would come and see was all neat and clean and organized, Yeah, you know, and for me to allow you access to that part of me, cause you're not just, let's be real. Like, yes, you're freaking amazing and hooking me up with good looks and what like feels good on my yeah. body. But closet's different, but it's different. I'm letting you into those parts of me, not just the stuff I'm pulling out of it, but the emotional attachment to some of the things I'm pulling mm-hmm. out of it, you mm-hmm. know, the holding on to that because I'm going to lose all of my baby weight and like the disorganization and everything. But do you see that pattern with like other people that aren't as blue as me, like in connection, or is it pretty just like, this is my closet, this is where my clothes are type thing. It really depends on the person and where they are in their life. You know, there's the, there, I have the clients that are, you know, getting, they're recently getting divorced. So like I one right now. And so everything in her closet reminded her of her ex-husband and their life together. So, you know, she wanted to dive into where she wore a dress on a date when they traveled to Europe, like we, we really, she really wanted to talk about each piece and the bastard and everything that he did to her yeah. along with the piece. But then she wanted to remember the good memories. And then she goes, find me something like this. I just don't want this anymore. So like, there's that, but then there's the woman that's like, well, you know, it's just, can you just clean it and just get me something? It, it just, it depends on their mindset. Some people realize it after, that they had like a full blown, like spiritual experience in their closet of cleaning it out because they're they, like, it's clean and everything's out. And they're like, why do I feel so light? Yeah. And I'm like, it's like energy work. Yeah. I'm like, you literally just unpacked your brain uh-huh. and everything that went along with it. And all of these physical, I mean, if everybody believes in the science of we physically manifest things, your closet is a physical manifestation of all these little thoughts and experiences in your life. <sighs> If you're ready to let it go, then you're ready to let the fuck go. And you're, you're going to feel a release from it too. So I actually did my mom's closet. Let me tell you, that woman is a saint. She, (laughs) she was just like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you do your thing. And now my mom loves to declutter and clean. thing, But she definitely was like, okay, this needed to happen. And for my mom to say that, who is very, in touch with their spirituality and um, very open with all of that. I mean, I was like, oh, I guess my mom needed some healing that she like didn't even know she needed. So it just, it could hit anybody, even the most organized person. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something. All right. And no judgment. I, (laughs) so I have these pair of panties. All right. Um, that are from the day I went to rehab. Okay. And that was like 10 years ago. All right. It's like this Victoria's secret purple G string that my van driver, this, okay. Sick man. I'm not going to say the word I want to use because I'm sure he was going through his own like life experiences. Um, but in my addiction, I was a sex worker and, um, that tendency followed me after being clean, like using, and we'll get into like my process with this, as we talk about using clothing as armor and like the other spectrum for me too, Mm -hmm. but I have this little G string that he bought me. And like, it reminds me of where I came from. I wore it the other day. My husband's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he knows the story behind it. How does he feel? I don't know. It's like disgust. Like, it's like ripped and frayed, but I put it on and like, uh, I think I just felt like a lot of personal growth, Um, but also remembering I kept it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But remembering where I came from, because I can lose sight of that because like with nine years clean, you know, sometimes I forget how I had nothing when I went to rehab, like I had no no clothes, nothing. So this guy had stopped 
and like bought me all of this stuff and it was like really inappropriate stuff but I was like man do you think Christina I asked my husband I was like do you think Christina would want me like to process why I'm holding on to these and see if I can release these yeah. old ass panties yes. like what are I some- mean you could you could frame them <laughs> I I, so I I think when you I think that's actually I don't have a problem with you keeping them because I know that we're very similar in our mindset that we go, 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 go. And we don't think yeah. anything is enough. We just keep like going and searching. We're chasing the dragon constantly yeah. of like, it's gotta be better. It's gotta be perfect. It's got it, whatever. And I think that you putting them on, it's like, no, look at my life. Yeah. Look at what it was. And if you're a person that needs that physical, yeah. to bring you back to that mindset and really like the contrast is immediate, then keep them. Mm-hmm. Seriously, if it's, if it's really for you, some people are so visual and some people really need to have that thing in front yeah. of them. You know, it's not just a memory. It's like you're being time warped. And if that piece is something that can bring you back to, to here, yeah. I say, keep it. Do I think you should put them on? (laughs) I know that answer. I'm just kind of like, they're my grounding panties. I'll just grab them. Remember where I came from for a moment and tuck them at the bottom corner of the drawer. I mean, that's the same concept as people taking their first dollar bill from their business and hanging Mm -hmm. it on the fucking wall. Cool. So I said, frame them, put them in the back of your closet in a frame. You know, nobody can touch them and you can just kind of be like, yeah, look at where you came from. Mm, Yeah. I I kind of really like that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There is, there's no people keep some things. And I'm like, I was going to ask you if you're open to sharing some of the, like, what's the weirdest thing that you've seen an emotional attachment to or clothing item? Or is it my weird ass panties? (laughs) Girl, I think it's your weird ass pants. No, I'm kidding. Um, There is, there is some, I see a lot of people keeping things from deceased family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Putting it in their closet. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I I have friends that have lost people close to them and they want to keep their shirts because it smells like yeah, that. I see that a lot with clients. I think that's really beautiful, but there are some times where that can really hinder a person from getting out of that time loop and from moving forward. So yeah. that being said, I, I don't think it's a weird thing. I just want to remind people that, you know, if you're in a state of grieving, even like a, a part of your life, just a part of your life, even looking at some uh, like a college t-shirt or something and you're grieving youth, or you're, you know, you could be grieving anything. And if you're keeping that, then you're kind of losing sight of like what's in front of you. Oh, I got chills. Yeah, it, I just, it's, you know, I just don't, I just want people to, to know that keeping those things, those physical manifestations of your thoughts and keeping them and looking at them is keeping you in a, in a certain space and you're not going to get out of it. And it's of your own doing and clothing holds on to that. So I don't think there's anything very weird. And even that's not weird. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, I'm just thinking of like, anything can be weird. Cause it's like, yeah. why do you want to be in that space anymore? If you're constantly looking at it in your closet. Mm. Yeah. I um, have a lot of clients, my mediumship clients, and they'll like see a shirt and they'll be like, yeah, that's my, bro-. like they hold on to a, a lot of things. <laughs> so what's the, what's something that you have an attachment to that you haven't been um, able to get rid of? So when we're talking about shame and we're talking about bodies and we're talking about covering or not covering whatever, I have a pair of true religion shorts that I've had since I was 19 years old. And it was when I was my thinnest and I sometimes put them on to, to make me like, remind me like how far I've come from my own eating disorders and my own body dysmorphia. And that is, I have actually, I forgot, I got rid of them last year, oh. but I held on to them for a really long time. And that's 12 years, that's 12, 12 yeah. 13 years. And I held on to them. And I think last year I was just like, that's it. You can't like, this is actually, I'm, I'm going against what I tell my clients, which is don't keep anything that's going to keep you in a loop of shame. But that was my weird thing that I kept holding on to for a while. And I'd put them on and I'd like, you know, assess what my hips looked like in them and remembering what it was like when I first put them on and how they fit perfectly. And, oh my God, I was a size, you know, 27 when I was 19. Like that's never going to happen again. I was 19 years old and a 19 year old body, like get over yourself. Yeah. So I, you know, and there's been so much that's happened to my body since that's changed it. And I was just like, you can't be so upset. 
like stop it try mm. to take my own advice but that was the weird thing that I kept in my yeah. closet some true religion Jane sure yeah that's how um, was. <laughs> so how's your connection with your body now oh my gosh so much better um I had when I was 30 years old so three years ago which is why kind of my comfort level with a lot of things have changed so recently yes and no um, I was on birth control that made me gain 20 pounds. I was 163 pounds at my heaviest, which that's not a bad weight. It was a bad weight for me. I would just like to yeah. make everybody understands that. Um, and it was mostly water and I didn't know what it was. And my doctor was like, eh, you're fine. Like you're fine. You're fine. Like you're just getting older and you have some bad hat, like whatever. And it actually was making me go fucking psycho, like absolutely fucking psychotic. I was having dreams of dying constantly, just, just some dark, yeah. dark, dark shit. And I took that shit out of my body and I have not looked back. And so I now this past two years have found more power in my body because it looks like how it's supposed to. Like, I, like, I feel like I got rid of that chemical in my body. Absolutely. Release a lot of the shame surrounding my abortion and looking at my stomach and being like, oh my God, you know, there was death and there was life and having to, to shed that. And I've really come into my own and accepting my, there are some days that I have my troubles too, but 90% of the time I'm like, it's my fucking body. I love it. Like I'm going to eat my and I'm going to work out if I want to, or I'm not going to work out. Like. I'm just, I'm very at a good space with it. There's nothing wrong with my body. Yes. Ah, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I know so many people and myself included, I ebb and flow with that connection. Like some days I'm like shaming myself and judging myself and other days I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just a vessel for your soul, you know? Yeah. Give it the love and acceptance that it deserves and look at all that it's done for you. So yeah. yeah. Um, I want to dive a little bit into your alcohol abstinence and why you decided to release that behavior and how you feel now that you've been sober for a while. Okay. So before I met you, I did a reading with Katie and she goes, Hey, I got to tell you something. Like, I think you need to release alcohol. Like this is, you're going down a spiral. I was like, nah, COVID, I need alcohol. You know, like that yeah, was the mindset. And this was, by the way, everyone, this is very recent. This started the end of last year when I was doing so much work on myself. Like I'm so fucking, I'm, like I've said the word work so many times, it just continues. But last year was like probably the most I've done in a year. And I was drinking almost every day, almost every other day. And it, it was, sometimes it would just be a glass, but it doesn't matter. I knew that I was picking up that glass. I was like, it's close to five o'clock. Like it's fine. There's nothing yeah. else to do. And you really, it goes from a glass to a bottle. And I was unhappy with a lot of other things going on in my life. And I was using it as a coping mechanism. And over the years I had used it as a coping mechanism to deal with my abortion and my body shaming and everything else and dealing with social anxiety. Instead of just dealing with it, I use it to deal with social anxiety and in January of this year, I went to Mexico and I think I was blackout drunk every single day. And I just woke, like, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this, all of a sudden one morning it just clicked. I was like, I think I'm done. Like, I can't explain to you what came oh, over I, me. Yeah. I don't know if it was Katie telling, like planting the seed. And then all of a sudden, subconsciously, it like made sense. I was just like, I am done with this. I'm done with feeling this way. I'm done with wondering, you know, what I said to people when I was drunk, I'm done making certain decisions or feeling like shit the next day and not being able to be present for my clients, for myself, for my family. Um, there were just so many things at play. And I was just like, I'm just done. Then like a month went by and I was like, that wasn't so bad. Another month went by. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I don't need, like, I still don't need it. I don't feel, and it's just, I'm now at nine months and yeah. I'm just like, I don't fucking miss it. And it's made my relationships better. I'm really seeing who's like actually my friend or my family. Like, cause there were people I go and like drink with and they have uh -huh. their issues. And now I'm just kind of like, I don't really want to be around those people anymore. And my top, my, my voice has gotten stronger because I'm like, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I don't want to be put myself in a situation where I felt like I had to drink anymore. And I'm talking like just being around just social situations. I'm like, no, I'd get drunk at something like that. And I don't really want to go anymore. Um, and just said, and it's just made my boundaries so much clearer with people and myself. And I'm like listening. 
Mm. So I'm just like, I'm now chasing the dragon with the feeling of understanding my boundaries. Yeah. It'll be so, one thing, just healing one thing, next thing, yeah. never ending journey. <laughs> yeah. And it just, and it just keeps going. And I'm like, why stop now? Like well, and the beauty, are- the beauty behind like releasing alcohol is the fact that you're now able to go through things instead of numbing out to them. Yeah. So you're learning the lessons. You're like really applying it to your life. I know for me personally, I had like this expectation that my drug use and my drinking was the problem. I wasn't the problem. And then I set that shit down and all my problems manifested in other ways. I was just more aware of it because I wasn't blacked out, you know? And I was like, oh shit, I'm the issue here. (laughs) Like it's time to work on this stuff. It's something to admit that you can be toxic sometimes. You're Uh like, oh, I'm the toxic piece of shit. And I really got to be that. Yeah, no, that's all come to light, but I, I don't think it would have happened before this year because I've had, I have now so many tools in place and so many different things that I'm like, I'm choosing consciously. So it's just helped me see those choices clearer, clearer and accept those and be like, okay, you were the problem, but why were you the problem? What were you latching on to? And a big part of it is the motherfucking sister wounds because uh-huh. I'm constantly afraid of abandonment. I have such abandonment issues from mostly women, but also for men too. So I have really had to work through that and stop like clinging on to people and situations because I feel like it's going to make me feel better. You know, and it starts with you. You're not fucking walking away from yourself anymore into a bottle, you know? Exactly. Um, as long as you're not abandoning yourself, you become stronger. And then like when other people walk away and it really usually has nothing to do with us, we yeah. don't take it as personally and it doesn't like pour salt on that wound. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Um, I've navigated that my entire life. So. We talked about it. We have so many <laughs> interesting, similar situations. Like I know. Crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to talk about um, using clothing as armor. Um, so you had shared too, after your kind of rock bottom, all of those experiences adding up, you were hiding yourself in your clothing. Mm-hmm. And I found myself doing that after I was raped. Like I blamed my body because, you know, I was told, well, you shouldn't have worn that bathing suit. And like, I thought it was a me issue. So I constantly wanted to hide myself. I was like shrinking myself too, like physically, like not eating, trying to make myself not be seen, just very similar to your experience, just a different situation. And like, so I realized that I was doing that and then I went the whole fucking opposite way where it was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to reclaim my power, but it went in a really unhealthy way for me. I'm pro sex worker. Everybody knows this for me. When I was a sex worker, it was not a lot. Like it was a ways and means to survive my addiction. So it wasn't in personal alignment with me. It felt very disempowering at the moment. So I went from completely hiding my body. Okay. To using my body as a way to manipulate and to get what I want. And like, you know, I just feel that the work that you do, you probably encounter this or have some personal experience somewhere along the line of this, um, just using like, where is that medium, like middle ground there? Um, for me, it's like, I skipped right over having a true connection with my body and my clothing from wanting to hide it to like, just in a toxic way to be seen, you know? I think it's a good thing that you're in touch with why you're wanting to be seen. And I think that shedding the clothes is shedding the expectation of others Mm -hmm. and what they think your body should look like. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the proverbial, fuck you, put your middle finger up and be naked all the time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So it was probably society's shame. Like the stories around a woman stepping into their power because we're sexualized all the time. But when I choose to sexualize myself, then she's a whore. She's a slut. She's asking for it. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Actually, funny that you say that I I had a post on my Instagram, which will be going back soon. I was just really sick of the death threats. Um, I put up about my abortion and somebody actually messaged me and said, you look like somebody that would have an abortion. Oh my God. Like who, what does one look like? Like what the, and that was fed in it, by the way, it was a man. No, I'm not trying to. I expected that. Yeah. It was definitely a man. And I was like, this is why abortion is even a problem 
because it is considered something that only someone who looks like maybe a sexual being, which is all fucking humans, because that's how we fucking got here. But that is somebody saying like, you look overly sexual, like uh, get the get the fuck out. You don't know if I'm a virgin or not. I mean, maybe whatever. Yeah. doesn't matter. The point is, is that he said that to me. And I was just kind of like, that says a lot about what people have been fed to think of the idea as what a woman is. Yeah. And, um, you know, with my body and what I put out there on Instagram and what I put out there into the world in my daily life, I was shamed as a child. My earliest memory that I've had to unpack was seventh grade, Mr. Heckman calling my parents in and telling them that they need to get rid of my te- my tops because they were showing my chest. And he actually like wrote me up. I'm in seventh grade and I'm wearing a top that I swear to God, there were girls wearing worse things than me at that age. And I was getting flagged for it. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be anything like, but you're just looking at me and it's eliciting this response. Yeah is wrong with you you're you're making him uncomfortable because and like mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of like okay so I realize now these past few years just because I sorry I have something in my tongue just because (laughs) I elicit this response from people that's not my fault like I'm sorry that you look at me and your dick gets hard that's not my problem like Mm -hmm. I kind of let go of that of like your physical reaction has nothing to do with me as a person and that's something I really had to let go of and that's helped me express myself in my fashion a lot better like wearing corsets and things that are considered like BDSM I think that shit is so hot and empowering to people and I love incorporating it in my wardrobe because there are times when I want to feel strength and like you're not gonna fuck with me and I want to evoke that and now instead of people being like you look like you know you're a stripper and you do like bdsm it's like well maybe i do what the who cares like why is that first off why are you making it any of your business and your assumptions say more about you and your uncomfortabilities in that world than it does about me trying to express it so Hmm. i i mean that's just a way of shedding that stuff with what you wear honestly yeah um so for me, and I know a lot of your clients probably are moms too. There's a whole nother stigma around like expressing, <laughs> I know. And like, that's what I'm navigating right now and kind of smashing through. I'm like watching some moms, like baseball moms watching my Instagram. And I'm like, eh. and it's stories I jump to in my head as well. And also like, I'm raising my boys to not sexualize a woman for what she is wearing. And yeah. yes, there are times where I'm, seeking that sexual, like being sexualized and being desired. Um, but that's like, because I'm choosing that, you know, I, if, and this is not an open invitation to slide into any of our DMS, <laughs> cause we know that happens all the time. You post a picture. It's like, Troop, okay. You know, this is an open invitation. No, the fuck it is not. Okay. okay. Unless I'm like telling you, oh, I'm seeking some masculine attention, slide into my DMS. You know, we have a voice. We can say what the fuck we want, you know? And like, it's just, blows my mind. And for me personally, like my partner has had to navigate some uncomfortability with my, the way I show up on my platform as well and realizing, okay, like at first instant program thinking it's, she wants attention. What am I not giving her? Um, so we had to like communicate through, I was like, this really has nothing to do with that. It's just, I'm somebody who had my power fucking ripped away from me. And I'm like, shut that part of me down mm-hmm. and it's coming alive. And I help others bring that to life, you know, mm-hmm. and like, ugh, I know we just went on a tangent there, but I feel like it's no, so important. There's, there's, I see so many women lose their identity after they have kids. Mm-hmm. That is huge. It is. And it's so saddening because they get lost in this idea of what people say a mom should be, wear, act, feel like all of a sudden you're no longer supposed to be desired or care about what you look yeah. like. So you have like a mom uniform or something. Listen, and- I've got Lululemons on. <laughs> no, that's, that's beside you being a mom. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a mom. it's just, it, and it's just so unfair because that's when you, that's when people wake up and they have midlife crises. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're like, I don't know who I am. And it's like, well, cause you've been listening to everybody for so fucking long instead of just yeah, you know, listening to yourself and like, what do you really want? Like, yeah, oh. you're taking care of other humans, but like, what do you really want at the end of the day? Yeah. I've navigated so much of that with guilt, with working as much as I do everything. Um, and like, 
my partner grew up in a household where the mom stayed home and the father, you know, worked. I mean, she did eventually become a teacher, but so I think those were the expectations placed on me. And then like, we're putting each other's life for a reason, but I'm like breaking all of like what he expected. Yeah. And I'm like, can you love me as I transition into this? Yeah. You know? Um, and if you can't, then we've got to look at that type thing. And we've navigated a lot of those tough conversations. Um, and there's always a balance. He's a Leo and I'm an Aries. So it's like really hard for us to find a freaking balance. Um, but yeah. It. All right. Yeah, so awesome. I feel like anybody who's listening to this and starts following you is going to have this question. Um, What feeling do you invoke within yourself when you wear the black? What is it with the black? Like what does like, I know for me personally, when I put on certain things, it makes me feel a certain way. And like, you know, that Mm -hmm. what's, what's with the black, Christine, (laughs) tell me about it. Black for me, because I have to kind of be a chameleon of sorts when I'm working with people it like helps me evoke all the emotions. Like you don't know what I'm going to come at you with. And that's not to like scare people or intimidate Mm -hmm. people. That's to be, I can be whatever you need me to be. And when I'm helping people to heal, I don't want that them to have an expectation of me and what I'm wearing. So for example, I feel like when people wear yellow or white or really bright colors, it's because they're happy. And I don't want to wear those colors if I can't pull into that emotion. That's not fair. So sometimes I exchange my emotions within 20 minutes. I mean, I'm human, but I really identify my emotions with colors. Yeah. And, um, you know, you'll see on my Instagram or just if you meet me in person, I wear red sometimes. I I want to evoke more power or attention. And I wear white to contrast and show relatability. Um, So I use these other colors as accessories almost to just enhance a look and show you a different part. But black just really helps me identify with who I need to identify with in the moment. And there's just less focus on me. So are you uh, like when you're at home with your like partner, what colors do you wear, Christina? Or is it? black okay <laughs> uh, I do I do have blue jeans like I I have <laughs> like I wear jeans and I wear um like animal prints yeah and there are times I have pajamas they're floral and sometimes I okay. put them on um but that's like kind of that's just in my head and in a moment and it's for nobody else to see it's for me but nine times out of ten I've been black yeah I know. Anytime I freaking talk to you, even if it's not one of your work days, you're in black and I love it. I find, so I'm going to tell you my feeling I get when I connect with you outside of your beauty. Please share to everybody. Before I connected to you on an energetic level, what I got from you was confidence. Okay. I've got chills talking about it. I've, I got like this energy and like opinion of you before connecting with you, that you were very confident in who you were. I felt like you might be a little bit tough, hard to penetrate. Mm-hmm. No pun intended there. <laughs> I know. Depth. I just felt like there was a like unlimited amount of depth there's something mysterious about people who constantly wear black too um and like I before would associate black with mourning so I on an energetic standpoint with my profession I was like "Mm, she's like shedding something within herself like she's mourning the loss of a part of herself or something when really it like wasn't yes you were shedding a lot yeah but you know, that's just what you feel powerful in, you know? Yeah. It's what I feel powerful in. It's what I can feel sorrow, sorrow in. I can feel happiness in. I know, you know, I've gotten comments from people. It feels a little Gothic. I'm like, well, what's Gothic? Yeah. Like, like, what is that? For some people, goth is a way of life and it makes them happy. So who's to say why this color, you know, why does it invoke you such uncomfortability? Like, yeah. What is it doing for you? So I just, yeah, makes me I think it's sexy and it gives me the witchy vibes. And obviously I'm all for the witchy vibes too. Focus, focus. 
Yes. All right. So where can we find you? What are your offerings? Especially like I, you know, your virtual closet, everything. Just give me the deets. Yeah. Well, you guys can find me on Instagram at style by Christina, um, an A, not an E. And it definitely is an A at the end. So don't say it style by Kristen or something. Style by Christina. Um, my website is www.stylebychristina.com. Um, right now, I just relaunched my website. Um, I have virtual closet makeovers. I have in-person closet makeovers. I have packages for just men. Um, and I have memberships too for people that are just wanting a new look. Um, you get like 15 to 20 looks per month of things that I can find for you and have it in your existing closet. Um, there's so many different things. I can come and clean out your closet physically and organize it for you. Or you can talk to me for an hour about what's in your closet and why you do or don't like it. I, there's... It's whatever you need. Yeah. Um, and I have like a personal experience with you. I love the virtual closet where you just upload outfits, you know, um, like, find me this. like, okay, I'll find it for yeah. you. We still and need to do some more diving in. Messy. I know we do. It's okay. We do. It's okay. Patience. I have patience. We will get there. Um, also Christina is the one who styled the outfit on the cover of this podcast as well. She does, um, she did my branding shoot for me and a lot of my friends. So she's very talented. So if you are a entrepreneur or a spiritual entrepreneur, please reach out to her. Um, and one more thing before we close this, if you could leave us with one piece of advice, it does not have to be related to your work, soul level, whatever it is, whatever you feel called to, like, what would that be? I, I just got the chills. So I guess I have to say it. <laughs> Um, it's going to be okay. Mm. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's it. That's I all I got. But that was the first thing that came to mind. And I was like, I guess I got to say, that. yeah, I've got the chills and I feel like that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Well, thank you so okay. much for joining us today. Um, I love you. Yeah, I love yeah. you too. Thanks for having me. Babe. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on this conversation. I hope you go give Christina a follow on social. And if you have any questions, please reach out to her. She is such an amazing person to connect with. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. We are new on this platform, shifting direction. So a review would be super helpful. Thank you and sending y'all what you need.